the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brittany Griner's appeal for a more lenient sentencing over drug possession is denied. The U.S. has put a deal on the table and asked, you know, Moscow to negotiate in good faith. And they said today that just isn't happening. Oz and Fetterman debate with nearly half of Pennsylvania ballots already submitted. Polling really seems to be trending towards a large Republican win. New report shows working Americans are limiting their contributions to their 401k due to inflation and recession concerns. They have time to recover because the fact is the market has taken a tumble. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, October 26th. I'm Mike Scott. On Tuesday, a Russian court rejected WNBA player Brittany Griner's appeal of her nine-year sentence for drug possession. However, the court said that the time Griner will have to serve will be recalculated, taking into account her time in pre-trial detention. That means Griner will serve around eight years unless the U.S. and Russia come to an agreement on a potential prisoner swap. President Biden responded to the news saying that his administration will not give up. We're in constant contact with Russian authorities to get Brittany and others out. And so far, we have not been meeting with much positive response. But we're not stopping. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan released a statement which read, in part, we are aware of the news out of Russia that Brittany Griner will continue to be wrongfully detained under intolerable circumstances after having to undergo another sham judicial proceeding today. Weijia Zhang, CBS's senior White House correspondent, reports the U.S. has a deal on the table for Griner, but the Biden administration is skeptical that the deal will get done. The U.S. has continued uh, to put pressure on Putin to penalize Putin uh, for what he's doing, uh, you know, to Ukraine. But um, as far as any indications that, you know, they're going to go anywhere when it comes to Brittany Griner, so far, as you just heard right there, President Biden himself expressed pessimism. And I was asking him what his next move was. And right now, the ball appears to be in Putin's court because the U.S. has put a deal on the table and asked you know, Moscow to negotiate in good faith. And they said today that just isn't happening. Zhang goes on to explain that the deal seems to include a prisoner swap for another Russian arms dealer. 
So right now, it appears that the deal is um, a prisoner swap, another prisoner swap for Americans, Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, in exchange for a Russian arms dealer that has been detained here in the U.S. for several years, Victor Boot. Um, but the administration is not, of course, talking about the details of the deal and what else might be involved because they don't want to jeopardize it. Jiang says Russia wasn't considering any deals for Griner until... A recent court ruling. To put it to bluntly, you know, they're asking for uh, two Americans to come home in exchange for one. So you have to wonder what else Russia might be asking for. Now, officials with the Kremlin had said they do not want to talk about negotiations at all until the judicial process played out for Brittany Griner, which is why today was so significant mm. because she lost her appeal. There are two more courts above the um, appellate court that made that decision today, but it's unclear whether Griner's attorneys plan to take the case up even further. So as far as what more the Biden administration can do, those extraordinary measures, they're really not talking about it. They're just saying that, you know, we've already put something very significant on the table and they're just waiting now uh, for, for Russia to do something. On October 4, Griner was given a nine year sentence after pleading guilty, arguing that she had been prescribed cannabis for her pain and inadvertently packed it in Russia. October 17 marked eight months in Russian detention for Brittany Griner. A magnitude 5.1 earthquake has rattled a portion of Northern California. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hall reports on reaction from the epicenter of that quake. The quake rattled the San Francisco Bay Area just before noon, causing delays of some commuter trains, but no reports of major damage. The U.S. Geological Survey said the quake was centered 12 miles east of San Jose at a depth of about 4 miles, the area's hill country about 40 miles southeast of downtown San Francisco. A 3.1 aftershock followed about 5 minutes later. Veteran California seismologist Lucy Jones told TV station KNTV that the quake happened on the Calaveras Fault, one of eight major faults in the Bay Area. i Norman Hall. Tuesday night, Pennsylvania Democrat Senate candidate John Fetterman seemed to stumble badly at times during his debate with GOP challenger Dr. Mehmet Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. This Pennsylvania voter says that he was leaning toward Fetterman, but after the debate, it's now leaning toward Dr. Oz. So I was definitely, uh, I'm an independent, by the way, I was definitely leaning towards Fetterman, and I think I have totally changed to the Oz side. Why? I felt that um, Fetterman, I felt that Fetterman just looked like he didn't have command of the facts. I do think his condition, unfortunately, is going to affect his ability to do the job. I thought Oz uh, was pretty clear on the issues, um, and I thought he presented himself well and uh, 
definitely threw out some plans where I didn't see any plans coming out of Fetterman. Fetterman's performance most likely won't ease the anxiety of the White House, which has reportedly lowered their earlier optimism about the midterm elections. Many administration officials are now saying they worry about losing both houses of Congress. While some polls have shown that Democrats have comfortable leads in some races due to persisting inflation, those races are teetering on the edge of a razor now. Should Democrats lose both houses of Congress, Republicans are expected to block legislation on family leave, abortion, and policing while pushing new laws to curb immigration spending using the debt ceiling as leverage. Republicans are also expected to launch investigations into Democrat spending and the business dealings and private life of the president's son, Hunter. John Solomon, journalist and founder of Just the News, joined the Salem Radio Network and says part of the reason Republicans are leading in many polls is because Republicans are running strong candidates. It's a substantive uh, group of Republicans running this year. They're policy-oriented. They've told the American people not only that they're against Joe Biden, that they'll block Joe Biden and the liberal Democrats' agenda. Here is what we will do differently, and on crime, and on the border, and on, on government spending and inflation and energy, they are starkly different, and they're more starkly aligned with the common-sense thoughts that I think most Americans have, which is, hey, if electric cars aren't going to be ready for 20 years, don't shove them down our throats. Find a way to get us inexpensive gas so we can still go about our lives. Hey, if there's going to be a food shortage, let's figure a way to solve it in advance, not wait to food factories like the baby food factory yeah. shut down. Really, elections fall down to two, one of two things. There's an affirmation election. We like the job you're doing. We're hiring you for another two or four years. Morning with America, 1984, Ronald Reagan, a good example of an yep, yep. affirmation election, or a repudiation language, the uh, 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 election, um, 1994, which brought in the Newt Gingrich revolution and the contract with America. That was a repudiation of the first two years of Bill Clinton's tenure. Solomon explains that the polling shows that, in his observation, Republicans may be able to pick up seats in the Senate. This election is starting to stack up a lot like the 1994 election. You've got, in fact, you even have a similarity. We have a commitment with America this year that looks just like the contract with America, just different issues and different solutions, different time era. But a positive uh, agenda for Republicans and a repudiation of a Democratic president who hasn't had much go right on his watch and has turned a lot of successful things into dust. But the Republic, the, the election uh, polling really seems to be trending towards a large Republican win in the House and, you know, a narrow win, maybe two or three seat pickup in the Senate. Solomon goes on to say that Republicans are seeing a boost in some areas from Donald Trump. Donald Trump goes where he's asked to go. He's a relentless campaigner, but he also knows, you know what, these guys have to win it on their own like I wanted in 16. And I think uh, Carrie Lake is such an interesting candidate. I just sat around the show last night, spent a good hour talking to her. Um, Carrie Lake has done, when her candidate, her challenger decided, I'm not debating you, which takes a great opportunity away for Carrie Lake to make her point. She just went on a listening tour. She's in every community being accessible to the voters who are going to put her in office. And, uh, she has created a model, you know, voters appreciate people yeah. who go out and spend time with them. Like they do in New Hampshire in the primaries. This is a very strong recruitment class and Donald Trump set it in place by getting behind candidates he thought could win 
and then giving them the momentum in the fundraising and then getting out of the way. Solomon says that the House Freedom Caucus has created a guide for incoming Republican members to change Washington. Uh, House Freedom Caucus has always been influential. It's given us people like Jim Jordan and, and um, uh, Eddie Biggs and uh, Scott Perry and uh, Mark Meadows, who became chief of staff eventually. Yeah. Uh, but it's been small and mighty, and it's been growing in numbers. It's no longer small now. It's several dozen large and likely to pick up a bunch of new members. It's the conservative conscience of the Republican caucus, uh, the ideas machine for the Republican caucus. And they created a 58-page guide for incoming new lawmakers, the people who are going to win, people like Joe Kent out Washington State, probably going to win that seat, a former Green Beret. And it says, hey, guys, you're going to get to Washington. Let us tell you something. Your most important votes are not going to be in January when you're sworn in. It's going to be when you're still in November, you're not sworn in, but you're voting for your next leadership. Realize that you were elected to create radical change in Washington, not incremental change, but radical change. And they're going to try to schmooze you. Don't fall for it. Hold out for these things. And it's things like a commitment that you're never going to pass a bill unless people have time to read it. Or, hey, committee members should pick their chairman, not the leaders. And Or, hey, uh, we should get back to regular order so that the rules of Congress that were great for 240 years but have been abandoned for the last six to ten they're back in place and people have a say in elections. It's an unbelievable document. First, it's an indictment of the way that Congress was run under Paul Ryan, the last Republican speaker, and Nancy Pelosi, the current speaker. Secondly, it's a call to arms, which is we're not going to be quiet. We're not going to be get along, go along, guys. Freedom Caucus plus new members equals a bunch of rebel rousers. <laughs> we are going to fundamentally change Washington. Historically, the midterms favor the party not in the White House. And close races in the House and Senate could swing for Democrats in some states on just a small number of votes. Police in El Salvador Tuesday said they have arrested 11 alleged members of a migrant trafficking ring. That ring charged as much as $15,000 to smuggle migrants to the United States. Prosecutors say they raided 16 properties near the border with Guatemala and seized money, drugs, and vehicles. Our Daybreak Insider Lisa Dwyer has more on this developing story. Police in El Salvador have arrested 11 alleged members of a migrant trafficking ring that charged as much as $15,000 to smuggle migrants to the United States. Prosecutors said in a report just released that the traffickers charged dozens of migrants between 10000 and 15000 to make the trip. The higher amount was charged for taking unaccompanied children across Guatemala and Mexico to the United States. Prosecutors say they raided 16 properties near the border with Guatemala and seized money, drugs, and vehicles. I'm Lisa Dwyer. The House progressive leader, Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington, has withdrawn a letter that was pushing the Biden administration to pursue diplomacy in Russia's war with Ukraine amid intense backlash from fellow Democrats who say they felt blindsided by the move only two weeks before the November midterms. Initially, the letter was signed in June by 30 progressives calling for more diplomacy, which seemed to undermine the party's united support for Ukraine. According to sources, release of that letter this week was not endorsed by most of those who signed the letter. Jayapal, contending with the backlash, says that the letter was released without proper vetting and said that it improperly conflated the Ukrainian position of Democrats 
and Republicans. Manu Raju of CNN says the release of the letter has many Democrats, some of whom are in heated election races, furious. A number of these members who actually signed this letter that was released this week were surprised. They said they were blindsided. I talked to some of them who said they did not anticipate that Jayapal's office would release this letter this week. They, in fact, had signed this letter in June, pushing the Biden administration to pursue more diplomacy in the war, Ukraine, Russia's war with Ukraine. But some of them said that if they knew this was going to be released this week, they would never have released it in the, they never would have signed on to it in the first place. One veteran Democratic member told me that Democrats were, quote, furious, including some members who were in difficult re-election races who did not want to open up a debate, an inter-party feud about how to deal with Ukraine when the party has united behind sending billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine at a time when Republicans are divided over this issue. Raju reads the statement by Jayapal's office. So after backlash, Jai Paul just announced moments ago that she would retract this letter that was sent to President Biden. She said in her statement in part that the idea that conflating the Democratic position with the Republican position concerned about more aid was, quote, nothing could be further from the truth about that. And she said every war ends with diplomacy, and this one will take, this one will too after Ukrainian victory. The letter sent yesterday, although restating that basic principle, has been conflated with GOP opposition to support for the Ukrainians' just defense of their national sovereignty. As such, it is a distraction at this time, and we withdraw the letter. The CNN reporter goes on to explain the release of the letter was an embarrassing, unforced error while Democrats are struggling to maintain control of Congress. Now, it has not been yet fully explained why this was released this week. We had asked Jayapal's office about that. They declined to comment about the reason. But after that initial backlash from when it was released on yesterday, she released a statement clarifying the position, saying they support the administration's position, but ultimately untenable as Democrats tried to push pushed back, made clear that they wouldn't have signed on to this letter, forcing an embarrassing about-face from the leader of the Progressive Caucus, someone who has an eye on potentially elevating in the Democratic leadership in the next Congress, but nevertheless, Democrats are hoping to put this feud behind them and move on to the midterm elections where they're focusing on other issues as a struggle to keep control of the House. Several Democrat members say they wouldn't sign a letter like that again. According to a new study, due to economic impacts related to inflation and concerns about a recession, 62% of working Americans are reporting they've reduced contributions to their 401k. And it's not just 401ks that are taking a hit. The same report also shows that money-related stress is impacting nearly three out of four workers who say that anxiety over the economy is negatively impacting their work and personal lives. However, some workers are suffering in silence as nearly half of employees are reporting they have never thought out to reach to their employer for assistance with personal finances. Melissa Armo is CEO of the Stock Swoosh a company dedicated to teaching people how to invest, and says while she does see that the economy may take a downturn, it's important for investors to make a plan. 
that's really important for people to live in the present moment because what people don't want to do is get behind in their bills because they're worried about the future. So if people really feel like they cannot contribute as much right now, 2022, we're going into 2023, as they would have previously their 401k, that's okay. If you're under the age of 40, you really have plenty of time to catch up. If you're over the age of 50 and you're worried about it, I would give yourself a time frame. Even if you want to cut back on your contributions, maybe reevaluate in six months. I think the economy and inflation, and including the market, could still be in a downturn here until maybe after the next presidential election. So we're talking two years out. Armo says that, in her opinion, it's okay to change your saving habits because at some point the market will rally in the future. So I think it's important for people to understand while they may have to change their spending habits right now and saving habits right now in the next 12 to 24 months, they have time to recover because the fact is the market has taken a tumble. And if you're ready to invest at some point, not right now, because I still think the market's lower. In fact, we're lower this morning right now. At some point, you may make up the ground. So it may feel like you're not on track, but if the market has a rally come 2025 or even 2026, and I know this sounds like a long time off, but the fact is the market could really race back up to the highs in a couple of years from now, and then you'll make up the ground if you invest. Armo explains that investors should try to ride out the roller coaster ride that is the market. I'd say try to ride it out as best that you can. You know, a lot of people, even in retirement nowadays, because people are living such long lives, which is fantastic, they're taking part-time jobs in retirement to stay active and stay healthy for extra money, too. So I wouldn't try to plan everything. It's impossible to plan everything in the future. The problem with the market right now and taking new positions right now is we still have the Russia-Ukraine conflict that's hanging out there. And again, we have the midterms coming up shortly. There's just too many things out there that are going on that could affect the market catastrophically, I might add. We could go all the way back down to where we were at the beginning of 2020. And again, even though we've taken a tumble, that's a long way away, too. And then people will feel the pain of that as well. Concerns about inflation lead to a drop in consumer confidence. Daybreak Insider's Mike Hempen takes a look at the current state of the U.S. economy. The conference board says the consumer confidence index fell from just under 108 in September to 102.5 this month. Both the present situation index, which measures consumers' assessment of current business and labor market conditions, and the expectations index, which measures consumers' six-month outlook for income, business, and labor conditions, also dropped last month. Len Franco, the conference board's senior director of economic indicators, says inflationary pressures will continue to be a drag on confidence and spending, which could impact retail sales this holiday season. Mike Hemp in Washington. The Waukesha Christmas Parade attack trial is beginning to wrap up. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on developments inside the courtroom. The 16-day trial has been filled with many disruptions. A suspect, Daryl Brooks Jr., made frequent outbursts in the courtroom while acting as his own attorney. The judge ruled that Brooks forfeited his right to call more witnesses or testify as a result of that behavior. The Milwaukee native is facing multiple charges for driving through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin in 2021, killing six people. Closing arguments are set to begin today. Tasha Stevens reporting. And finally... While the idea of a secret relative leaving you millions sounds like the plot of a movie, it's a reality for 119 people today.
An Illinois man that died, leaving behind the largest unclaimed estate in American history, is being split between distant relatives, some of whom live as far away as Europe. Joseph Stancic lived a quiet and frugal life in the suburbs of Chicago and was found dead in his modest home. Little is known about the man except that he was quiet and had no children. It took years to track down Joseph Stancak's relatives, many of whom we now know live abroad, but none of them, and certainly none of his neighbors here in Gage Park, knew that the 87-year-old man had millions stashed away. A local mystery now solved. We know very little. We know that he passed away just before Christmas in 2016. We know that he had over $11 million. That's Illinois State Treasurer Michael Frerichs. His office returned the millions to the family of Joseph Stankak, a Gage Park resident who died without leaving a will. It is the largest unclaimed property return in Illinois history and national history. Family was not easy to find. Didn't have anyone mentioned in a will. Stankak didn't have any kids of his own. Neither did six of his now-deceased siblings. So the ancestry research had to go back to his parents and grandparents on a family tree before finding the heirs. We're talking first cousins, and I believe in some cases second cousins. Attorney Kenneth Piercy, who represents Stankak's estate, worked with the research company to track down family and found 119 heirs. The majority live in Poland and nearby Slovakia. They also found a few in the United States, including New York, New Jersey, Minnesota, and seven right here in the Chicago area. We had to find the baptismal records, birth certificates, death certificates, marriage records, every everything that we can find it to basically trace. The family had no idea, and I think this will be life-changing for many others. And while that part is solved... Less is known about how Stan Kak made his fortune. His neighbors here in this working-class neighborhood of Gage Park told us in Spanish he was a quiet and frugal man, oftentimes doing his own home repairs. And this house is where they say he lived alone and died the same way. The Stancic family is not alone. According to experts, one in four Illinois residents have money that is owed to them but remains unclaimed. To see if you're eligible, go to iCash.IllinoisTreasurer.gov. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.